Welcome to the Perimenopausal Mamas Podcast for hormonal mamas who want to reclaim their own natural state of health to thrive and raise healthy kids. I'm Dr. Lisa Weeks, naturopathic doctor in Toronto, Canada. I'm a perimenopausal mama to my toddler named Stuart. And I'm Dr. Tony Reed. I'm a naturopathic doctor, birth doula, and hypnobirthing educator in Calgary, Alberta. And I'm a perimenopausal mama to my little girl, Frankie. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not meant to substitute professional medical advice. Always consult with your licensed healthcare provider. Welcome back, everyone, to the Perimenopausal Mamas podcast. Today, we are talking about um, my favorite supplement. And I know that kind of sounds a little bit nerdy, right, Lisa, for me to have like a favorite supplement. A favorite you're, you're a naturopath. It's, it's, you know, it's to be expected. <laughs> Thank you. So um, I'm sure all of my patients know this, that my favorite, favorite supplement is magnesium. And so today we're going to talk all about magnesium, what you need to know about magnesium, why it's so important for our body, our hormones, our liver function, our blood sugar, helping us to relax, um, what, you know, where we find magnesium, you know, what's, what it's involved in, you know, why low magnesium can increase the risk of, of certain issues and conditions in our body. And, um, and yeah, you know, really what to look for when you're thinking about magnesium. Definitely. I'd say it's in my top three favorite supplements. And why is it your favorite, your number one, Tony? Well, and it's definitely biased, of course. Um, if you, I would have shared in the past um, on our migraine episode, uh, you know, I grew up experiencing migraines. I think I had my first, first migraine when I was 13 or 14. And, um, you know, after looking at different options in terms of treating it, um, what really made sense to me and, and, you know, what is, has also been found in research is that, uh, a lot of people who suffer from migraines tend to have low levels of magnesium. So magnesium, um, for many, many years has been a go-to for me, um, to help to, um, really reduce and prevent, um, migraines from happening, um, in, in me. So that's where, um, it's all, it's definitely a supplement that I always think about when people have headaches or migraines. Um, there's a number of other reasons why, um, it tends to be one of my first go-tos with, um, with, you know, the women who come into my, into my office. So, and how about you, Lisa, why is it your, in your top three? Yeah, I find so many people are deficient. And looking back mm. through my university journey, I was, you know, thinking about all the coffee I drank and the alcohol, which depleted it, all the sugar I was consuming. And I had signs of low magnesium, lots of aches and pains, sleep issues, feeling anxious, heart palpitations. Um, and I didn't realize, you know, I was deficient in magnesium because of my lifestyle. And then getting to naturopathic college, I was, uh, I've been on a magnesium ever since, and it makes 
makes a world of difference just to calm my system. It can help with sleep, helps my muscles feel a little bit better. It can even help with energy too. It helps with energy production. Uh, you know, it's not going to keep you up if you have it at night, but I think it's a really important mineral because it's involved in over 300 enzymatic reactions in our body. And it's found in every single cell. Um, it's found in our bones. Most of it's in our bones, 50 to 60%. It's found in our cardiovascular system and our nervous system. And unfortunately, we're not quite getting enough usually from our food because our soils are over farmed. They're depleted in magnesium. And then we can talk about other reasons for not getting enough, but we can talk about what it does first, I think, right? Absolutely. Uh, and before we even get into that, I think an important kind of piece to that we'll talk about testing as well. But I think a lot of people don't realize that they're magnesium deficient. And I totally agree with you, Lisa, that I think most people are magnesium deficient or mag or have insufficient levels of magnesium in their body. Because it's not a, a really quick and easy test. Um, and, and we'll talk more about that. But you know, when you're talking about how magnesium is in every single cell in our body throughout our body, less than 1% of magnesium in our body is found in our blood. So it can kind of it can be a little bit challenging to, you know, uh, to go to a doctor and have a doctor say, Oh, yes, you're low in magnesium, because of a blood test. Definitely. So we usually go on signs and symptoms of low magnesium. So we've touched on some of them, but low energy and fatigue can be one. Um, suffering from anxiety, panic attacks, heart racing, even high blood pressure um, can be a, a symptom of magnesium. It can be one of the contributing factors. And we can get into some studies about that. You can have muscle aches, pains, cramping, you know, that leg cramp at night, those cramps in pregnancy, restless legs, for example, osteoporosis, because magnesium is key for bone health too. Um, women who suffer from hormone imbalances, PMS, menstrual cramping can have low magnesium levels, and even blood sugar and insulin problems, um, you can suffer as well. And then sleep is the biggest known I want to say challenge when people are magnesium deficient, but it can be used for so many other things, which we'll get into. Absolutely. I really think of magnesium as a natural muscle relaxant and nervous system relaxant. So it does calm your nervous system. Um, and, and that really, you know, leads to, and, and really is really linked to all of those things that you were talking about, where if, if people do have low magnesium, they can be experiencing, um, you know, again, more muscle tension, more tension in their nervous system as well. Definitely. Yeah, it works in several different ways to calm our nervous system. It influences GABA, which is a really relaxing um, substance to our body. It helps that work better. So we get a nice calm effect. It influences our melatonin levels so we can get a better sleep. And then it hangs out kind of in the, the spaces between the brain cells, the neurons, which are called the synapses, those spaces. And it binds to receptors to stop stimulating things from binding to the receptors that are going to be 
overstimulating or making you feel kind of hyperactive or anxious. So it works on so many ways. And then as you know, as mothers, you might have heard of oxytocin, which is our love feel good bonding hormone, it actually influences our oxytocin uh, effects in the body too. So it's working on so many ways to just help you have like a nice big sigh. I've heard it described by another naturopath as you know, magnesium gives you a nice big hug. So you feel you know, nice and relaxed, you're able to sleep, your shoulders aren't up to your ears as much if you're taking it. Absolutely. And then also, you know, when we're talking about hormones and, and some of those imbalances that can happen in perimenopause, where, um, you know, a real common uh, uh, sign that that we've talked about before, uh, for hormone imbalance patterns is more uh, estrogen dominance or relative excess of estrogen. Magnesium actually helps to support liver detoxification, and it really promotes the breakdown and elimination of estrogen. And you know, when people, um, women have that estrogen dominance, they may have more breast tenderness, heavy periods, fibroids. Um, even um, more symptoms of endometriosis, and that can really help as well. Um, plus, when we're talking about hormone imbalance, we've also talked about thyroid before, and research really links magnesium levels with thyroid health too. So, um, again, there's you know how you're feeling and also how your hormones are are working, um, balanced, and um, you know in the place that they need to be to to feel good as well. Definitely. And we know that it influences our brain and cognition too. Um, as we get older and we have lower magnesium levels, we can have higher oxidative stress, which is basically damage to our systems, kind of aging or rusting us from the inside out, which then can um, trigger low-grade inflammation. And we know inflammation leads to cognitive decline, you know, aging prematurely, wrinkles, all of those things that we try to delay as much as possible. And then we do know magnesium is so important for bone health as well. Calcium was the end all be all, but you know, too much calcium can actually contribute to low magnesium levels. So you need it in a balanced amount for your bones to actually use the calcium and you need the magnesium to support how you use vitamin D. Um, if you have the right ratio of calcium and magnesium and vitamin D and such as, you know, other nutrients like vitamin K2, then you're less likely to deposit calcium in harmful areas outside of the bones and like forming kidney stones, for example, or even calcifying your arteries and atherosclerosis. For sure. And, you know, you mentioned, you just mentioned aging, um, Lisa, and we'll definitely be talking about this in terms of one of the forms of magnesium, um, where they're really looking at research on, on how magnesium is an important modulator for different receptors um, in the brain that are involved in memory um, function. So, you know, really looking at um, how to support our aging brains um, and also, again, different receptors that are involved in, in depression and mood too. Yes, definitely. And then even as we're aging, you know, we worry about our blood pressure and our heart. And magnesium has been studied well in uh, cardiovascular health. There was a study uh, conducted at Harvard where they looked at over 70,000 people. And they found that those with the highest magnesium intake had the healthiest blood pressure numbers. Um, and then they did do a follow-up and they found that there was a dose-dependent reduction of blood pressure with magnesium supplementation. 
So, you know, if they took a little bit more, their blood pressure was a little bit lower. We're going to talk about why you don't want to take too much. You know, it's not take as much as you humanly can, but it's taking it at the right levels. And then there was a study at the University of Minnesota that showed that the risk for hypertension was 70% lower in women with adequate or high magnesium levels. So we think of it as relaxing the arteries, right? The musculature of the arteries, lowering our blood pressure, lowering the stress response, which can trigger hypertension or contribute to it as well. Definitely. And low magnesium has also really been shown to um, worsen issues with blood sugar. Um, It really does help to support how our insulin works to reduce our blood sugar. So, you know, low magnesium has really been linked to um, increased numbers and an increased likelihood of developing type two diabetes. So that's definitely something to to look for, especially when it comes to how our blood sugar influences our weight and our metabolism. Um, I've definitely, again, and we've also mentioned, you know, uh, bone health is so important when it comes to um, magnesium and women with osteoporosis tend to have lower levels of magnesium as well as, um, you know, people with migraines. Um, there's also, you know, some people who are more at risk of having lower levels of magnesium include people who have issues with, um, absorption. And so people who have different, um, digestive, conditions, uh, especially, you know, your um, inflammatory bowel disease like Crohn's or celiac disease will um, really impact how you are able to absorb your nutrients along your digestive tract. Um, so uh, definitely people with those issues ha- are more at risk of having low levels of magnesium. Um, and then, you know, as we age, generally, we also can have reduced levels of um, magnesium absorption and even increasing the amount that we're excreting or peeing out on a regular basis too. Mm-hmm. And, and factors that can increase that diuretic effect like caffeine and alcohol will make us urinate out more magnesium. So who, you know, myself, I have couple of caffeinated teas every day, you know, people are drinking alcohol, having coffee or tea, you are setting yourself up for loss because it is an electrolyte and it comes out through that urine when you're taking diuretics. Um, And then we do know as well, when you ingest sugar, your body uses 30 to 40 molecules of magnesium for every molecule of sugar. So if you're having sugar on a daily basis, you're burning through your magnesium stores that you may be getting from your diet. Because I really like to think, I know I don't work world, we're getting everything from the earth, from our food. But unfortunately, with our lifestyle, with how we've treated our planet, with different conditions we suffer from or medications that we're taking, we're going to need extra. Unfortunately, it's not going to be enough from our diet. And we do know certain drugs will influence our magnesium levels, you know, through absorption, or even by processing the different drugs it may take or use up some of that magnesium, especially if our liver is detoxifying the drugs. But things like, you know, antacids and proton pump inhibitors, it's going to influence your stomach acid levels, which you need to absorb magnesium. So that's a known trigger for deficiencies. If you're on the birth control pill, you can be deficient in magnesium. If you're taking diuretic medications for high blood pressure, for hypertension, they may um, 
make you pee out your magnesium as well. And antibiotic use can also deplete your levels. So really take a look at what could be contributing to your low levels. And we'll talk about ways to replete or build those levels back up. For sure. And, you know, like we already mentioned, um, it sometimes can be challenging to really figure out, okay, what are, um, what's my level of magnesium in my body? Um, It's not necessarily a simple blood test that um, everyone has access to. Um, The lab test that um, really is the most uh, most accurate for getting a sense of how much magnesium levels um, you have in your cells is not just a, a simple serum or, or blood test for magnesium. It's a blood test that's looking for the amount of magnesium in your red blood cells. So RBC magnesium is really the, the best way. And I, you know, I have to admit, I don't often, you know, have that test done on my patients again, because it's, it's often not easily um, done and, and done by specialized labs. So it, like we said before, it, it tends to be one of those, those pieces where you're really looking at, um, do you have any signs or, or symptoms of low magnesium and, and then just looking at, okay, how can we increase magnesium in your body? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't commonly test either. I base on signs and symptoms. And there can be people that have what's called hypomagnesia. So that's an extreme deficiency. And it can show up as anorexia. So just not eating, nausea, maybe, you know, they're not eating because they feel nauseous or they're vomiting. They're totally exhausted and they're so weak that they can barely do anything. There can even be a personality change associated with low extremely low magnesium levels and something called um, tetany where there's like tremors of the muscles. It might be in different parts of their body, like in the cheeks, for example, um, different areas where there's different spasms going on and they can have really hyper, like hyperactive reflexes, like really quick reflexes, tremors, etc. So that's you know, not as common. Most people are suffering from a mild deficiency with some of the symptoms we went through, but those are uh, conditions to look at testing potentially magnesium to see if that's a contributing factor. And, you know, with you mentioning again, that, that kind of extreme form of, of low magnesium, magnesium or, or the hypomagnesia um, and, and talking about kind of tremors, spasms, I always think about how it's so common for people to get a little twitch in their eye. Yes. I've had that before as well. And so it's like, you know, when I feel that twitch in the, in my eye or when I have patients coming in and saying they get a little twitch in their eye, I automatically think, oh, most likely a sign of, of low magnesium. We need to, to really up the magnesium intake. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and important to note too, magnesium is water soluble, right? So it's not something we store in our system effectively. Like, yeah, we do have it in the various bones and tissues, but you want to be getting it on a daily basis. And sometimes people benefit from taking it more than once a day. You know, they might take it before bed for sleep, and then they might take it in the day as well, especially if they've been having, you know, taking some of these medications or caffeine or alcohol. Um, but that can just really help to replete your levels, not deplete them. Absolutely. And you know, one of the first things that we can look at is, okay, um, 
can you increase the amount of magnesium you're getting from your food? Um, like you mentioned, Lisa, it can be challenging to really get adequate levels of magnesium um, for, you know, busy moms, stressed out moms who are really burning through a lot of, um, of magnesium. And, and especially because our soils are really getting depleted from really important minerals like magnesium, but some of the foods to really look at um, that are known to be um, higher in magnesium are a lot of your nuts and seeds, uh, like pumpkin seeds, chia seeds, almonds, cashews, um, also spinach, and um, some of the beans, black beans and edamame beans. Um, you know, generally, you can also look at leafy green vegetables, um, avocado, bananas, and then, you know, one of our favorites, Lisa, dark chocolate. <laughs> I know I have a little bit of 80% dark chocolate every day after lunch. Uh, and it's I know it's doing me a world of good. It does have that magnesium, you want to go for the darker chocolate for the higher magnesium. So at least 70% and above, but another good reason to have chocolate, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, in addition to all those great antioxidants too, oh, right? For sure. Yeah. And then, you know, with hormones, you can need more magnesium with the hormonal fluctuations leading up to your period and to support estrogen detox. So that could be a reason why you're craving chocolate, right? Because it does have magnesium. Granted, you get you might get that dopamine hit if you're feeling a little mm -hmm. down or your mood's a little bit off too, but you can definitely get some magnesium there. And if you want to do it without any sugar, do the raw cacao powder to your smoothies, the raw cacao nibs. I've mixed those with a little bit of strawberries or berries or put a little bit of stevia on there. If you're trying to keep your sugar even lower than what you get from those dark chocolate. Oh, Lisa, you're making me hungry. <laughs> and I'm getting hungry now too. <laughs> it's your lunchtime right now. And I, well, I ate a couple hours ago, so... <laughs> And I had dark chocolate. So, oh, there you go. There you go. Um, another really kind of quick and easy, maybe not quick and easy, but uh, a nice way to get in magnesium is actually to have an Epsom salt bath. Because... When was the last time you had a bath, Tony? know what? I just managed to squeeze one in earlier this week, nice. which was amazing. It had been a while and I definitely added a bunch of Epsom salts in. I love Epsom salt baths. And a lot of people don't realize that Epsom salt is magnesium sulfate. And we do absorb that magnesium through our skin. So it's just a, another great way of helping the body to relax. Again, some some people will say, oh, you know, take a magnesium bath or use Epsom salts to um, detox your body. Well, it's not going to like necessarily draw toxins out of your body, but it provides that magnesium to help to support your liver detoxification pathways. For sure. And you want to put a lot of Epsom salts, right? Like two, mm -hmm. one to two cups at least in there. Yes. And, and have a nice soak of at least 20 minutes. You know, there's been small research studies that, that have shown that again, those, you know, uh, one to two cups of Epsom salts for, for 20 minutes can really help to um, support your body and increase your magnesium. Nice. That's a super mom moment having a bath. I can't remember the last oh. time I had a bath. <laughs> I guess I've never really been a huge bath person. I love going to, you know, saunas and hot springs and things like that, but I just don't take the time to do it at home. It's not on my list of go-tos, but maybe it should be. I should give it a try and see how it goes. 
definitely on my list of go-tos. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Even if, even to like get away from the kids, even if it's like to spend half an hour, like scrolling on Facebook or Instagram, it's it's definitely, you know, worth it. Okay. Well, I'll give it a try. Um, So topically, yes, you can absorb magnesium. So there are different lotions, gels, and magnesium sprays that you can use as well to put directly on muscles that might be tight, you know, good form to put on before bed. If some people are really averse to supplementation, most people do need some some form of oral intake of uh, magnesium, whether there's lots of liquids out there, capsules, powders, tablets, we'll get into the different types of magnesium. And some people do get IV therapy as well, IV nutrient therapy with magnesium in there. So it goes directly into the bloodstream and bypasses the digestive system. So if someone has some digestive concerns, um, Crohn's, colitis, celiac, they may want that extra delivery route so that they know what they're getting is going straight to where it's needed, because then it'll be delivered via the blood. Absolutely. And, you know, when it comes to looking at if you're getting too much magnesium, um, I mean, one of the, the first things to look at is your digestive function, because if you're taking magnesium and it's not well absorbed or too much for your body to absorb orally, it's going to um, not be absorbed and act as a bit of a stool softener. So you will get loose stools, diarrhea. Um, so, and that really depends on the form of magnesium and the type of magnesium that you take. So uh, and we'll definitely talk more about that. Um, another thing to watch when it comes to, you know, is, are you taking too much magnesium? Um, it is really a key if you are, if you do have blood pressure issues, if you are on a blood pressure medication, it's really important to, and to watch that blood pressure, um, to make sure that it's not going too low. If you are, um, starting to supplement with magnesium again, uh, it really great to, um, to, you know, get professional um, advice and, and medical support when it comes to, you know, changing up supplements, you know, um, from a, a licensed healthcare professional, from a, a family doctor, or an, especially a naturopathic doctor who, you know, where we're really looking at um, all of the, the different types of magnesium and, and the best forms for, for each person. Um, there's, you know, really, uh, other than that, you there's not really any large concern with taking high doses of magnesium, but um, magnesium toxicity has been um, seen um, more rarely and with people who are using very large doses of magnesium containing like laxatives and antacids, you know, that are typically providing like, over five grams of magnesium, which is a lot of magnesium. So really, you know, just be mindful um, and, um, and, and don't go overboard with your, your magnesium intake. Um, I, we can definitely in the show notes, put a link to um, the Institute of Medicine of, of National Academies in, in the US has kind of a, a, a nice little 
table and chart of, of tolerable upper intake levels to really kind of consider when it comes to, um, you know, uh, kids and adults. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a guideline. And, um, and again, if you're looking at using more than that, that's where I would really, we would really, again, highly suggest that you, um, you talk to your naturopathic doctor about that. For sure. So we'll link to that. And then recognizing there are different types of magnesium as a mineral and for us to absorb it and for us to be able to ingest it, it needs to be bound to something. So you'll see if you read the labels of the magnesium, it'll say magnesium oxide or magnesium citrate or magnesium malate or magnesium bisglycinate and different forms do have different effects and different absorption rates. So the oxide is the cheapest form out there because not a lot of it is absorbed. Most of it goes through your system, about 90% of it. And that is the strong laxative form of magnesium. So even in small amounts, you can have looser stools, it can influence your bowels, and then you're not going to be absorbing the magnesium to have those systemic effects that we're talking about. You know, maybe if someone's like constipated, and they're getting a lot of pain, maybe taking this one time, but you want to look at why are they constipated in the first place and not just take high doses of magnesium to um, relieve that. Citrate was one that was really popular. Um, like when I started as a naturopath and it's, it's a form where it can help. A, it's a little bit of a laxative effect, but nowhere near the oxide form. So it's good if you suffer from some mild constipation, but you do still absorb some of the magnesium or most of the magnesium there. It's a gentle osmotic laxative and, you know, Tony's used different forms for migraines, but this one's also been studied for migraines and PMS and usage is usually up to about 600 milligrams per day for that one. Yeah. And um, then there's another even kind of more, more, more better, <laughs> more bioavailable form. Um, that's called a magnesium malate. So it's a, a combination of magnesium with with malic acid. And it's, um, it's, so it's has been shown to be um, better absorbed than magnesium oxide, mag magnesium sulfate, which is typically more used in, in, you know, IV solutions and, and, and citrate or, or citrate, again, different kind of um, pronunciations there. Um, the magnesium malate is something that I think about more, especially in women who do have a diagnosis of fibromyalgia. Um, it has been researched in, in a few different studies um, and has been shown to reduce pain and tenderness um, in women with fibromyalgia when they've taken an oral supplement. And it typically, typically you know, really takes uh, a good at least eight weeks to, to see those differences and notice those differences compared to a placebo. So there's a couple of, there's one study that looked at women after eight weeks and even a study that looked at women after six months of taking um, something like the magnesium malate. Um, more and more, I think Lisa and, and I, and, and I, again, uh, a lot of people are really leaning towards the, um, bisglycinate or glycinate form of magnesium. That's, um, where magnesium is, is chelated to the amino acid glycine. So it's been shown to, um, really allow larger amounts of magnesium to be absorbed more quickly, um, in the body and to be retained better in the body than other forms of magnesium. So 
um, especially if um, you are experiencing um, issues with muscle tension. Um, it has been shown in um, some studies to reduce pain from menstrual cramps, leg cramps. It's definitely a form of magnesium that I think about whenever there's muscle tension, headaches, migraines. Um, and again, even just looking at that relaxation, not only for the muscles, for the nervous system too. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's a good one to take before bed too, to support sleep, but then also in the day for those concerns that you talked about, Tony, but yeah, really popular form. That's the one I think I recommend the most, but again, yeah, the malate for fibromyalgia, the citrate potentially, if there's like some mild constipation, and then you're a big fan of the three and eight. I haven't used that in my practice, but I'm going to start looking into that more, but do you want to talk about your experience with it, Tony? For sure, because it's it's definitely been something that I've been looking at more. Now, just in the past, oh goodness, within 10 years, um, there has uh, some scientists from that are, are linked with MIT and Stanford have um, created this patent form of magnesium, uh, magnesium L3 and 8. Um, it is a, um, the, the three and eight is a metabolite of vitamin C. So, um, you know, just a a little bit of a different form of vitamin C, um, combined with the magnesium. So this is where they've really been looking at getting a magnesium that is well absorbed. And that also, um, has more of an impact in the brain. So they're, they really found that this form of magnesium, tends to cross into our blood brain barrier um, better than other forms of magnesium. And again, why is that important? Well, again, we've seen with research that people with Alzheimer's, Parkinson's disease have lower levels of magnesium in their cerebral spinal fluid. Um, and, And so we really want to up that level of magnesium to impact the brain. So when we're looking at, you know, how our brains age um, and, and really looking at the potential of magnesium to reduce, um, you know, the effects of aging in our brain. So, you know, the magnesium L3 and 8, there's been uh, a number of different studies, again, a, a number of different often rat studies, because animal studies are typically done before more human studies. Um, you know, they're a, a little less expensive and, and a little less daunting to, to take on. Um, but they were, they've been really looking at how this magnesium 3 and 8 can impact our brain, can improve our memory, um, uh, our working memory, our, um, you know, our short-term memory, um, our attention, um, the executive function or kind of planning of element of our brain, which typically can deteriorate with age. So the, the magnesium L3, L3 and 8 has been shown to reduce the effects of aging. And they're saying that it reduces the effects of aging by like nine years. Wow. Uh, uh, it sounds amazing. I haven't seen the details on that to say, how, how did they figure out nine years? Um, but, and like you said, um, Lisa, you know, magnesium is really important for those synaptic connections in our brain. Um, you know, how our, our, our brain cells, our neurons kind of connect and, and send messages to each other. And we, we have seen that 
just with our regular aging process, the synaptic connections, especially in our hippocampus can reduce. And that's again, important for, for memory. Um, so they're really, they've seen some where some animal research shows that the magnesium L3 innate increases the density of those connections. Um, there has been a small study of, of people taking um, the magnesium L3 innate supplement um, and it has been shown to improve our, the circulation in the brain and different cognitive tests. Um, more and more research is being done on how it can even be an approach to looking at treating the impacts of chemotherapy when um, people are, are taking a conventional cancer treatment um, because chemotherapy has been linked to um, memory issues, um, emotional issues, cognitive impairment. So they're really looking at using the mel- uh, magnesium L3 and 8 as approach to, to shift that. Um, as well as I, I think there's a bunch of research on, you know, this specific magnesium for anxiety, for sleep, for mood. So there's a lot of great potential for it. And um, and I have to say that I even, you know, was trying out the magnesium L3, L3 and 8 as long uh, as well as other forms of magnesium um, and found that my migraines, I really didn't have any migraines when I had the magnesium L3 and 8. And then I ran out of my bottle of magnesium L3 and 8 and I had got some migraines. So oh, we'll, no. we'll see what happens when I get back on that magnesium L3 and 8. Keep us posted. <laughs> but yeah, the research is so fascinating. I think we're just going to learn more and more about magnesium and the different forms and the benefits. So I'm sure after listening to all of this, our listeners can see why it's in our, you know, your top mineral, but in my top three uh, supplements um, to use. So such an important nutrient. And then Tony, should we just go through how do we get in magnesium every day through which foods and supplements, and then we'll move on to the next part of the podcast. How does that sound? Absolutely. That sounds great. Um, I mean, well, like I said, I, I do love my Epsom salt baths. Um, I am a big fan of topical magnesium. So I usually will use a Epsom gel or even just a straight um, magnesium sulfate gel, um, on kind of my neck and shoulders where I, I get in, uh, can take in a lot of tension, um, around there. I'm a big fan of, um, pumpkin seed butter. So that's a, a great form of magnesium, chia seeds, um, you know, adding in spinach. Um, and of course we talked about, you know, leafy greens, dark chocolate, avocados, bananas. I, I typically will, will eat a lot of those as well. Um, and when we were talking about, you know, supplements, uh, especially, you know, I've been taking magnesium as a supplement for years. I will often take a mixture of the different forms. So it's not like I just only focus on the magnesium L3 and 8 or magnesium bisglycinate. I'm typically, um, you know, there are different supplements that have combinations of citrate, malate, bisglycinate. So I'm, I'm kind of playing around with that. How about you, Lisa? Yeah, I think we're really similar in that respect. I love pumpkin seed butter. I dip carrots and celery in it or spread it on celery. Um, so I get that most days, definitely the dark chocolate, one or two salads a day, usually two salads a day in the summer with a variety of different leafy greens. So that's a great way to get it in. Avocado, I get in as well. And then I do a combination liquid right now at night. I'm doing one that combines citrate, malate and glycinate, but I've used, you know, a 
uh, citrate in the past, bisglycinate. So I think just mixing it up and seeing how your body responds and you might need different types based on what's going on with your health as well. And chocolate, of course. (laughs) Chocolate, of course. Chocolate, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, I think we really covered magnesium for people. And and again, hopefully, you know, listening to this, you get a, a really good sense of how important magnesium is for your body. Sure. Oh, yeah. And I'm doing an electrolyte powder too that has some magnesium in it. So um, that's nice in the summer when you're sweating a lot and you just want something to hydrate you really quickly. So, but yeah, let's move to the next part of the podcast. So, Tony, should we uh, discuss what's going on outside of all of the magnesium talk? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Especially because Lisa, I know you're an an amazing mom. And I know that you probably have a super mom moment to share with us. Yeah, I don't think I've shared this before. So uh, when things opened up several weeks ago, we had bags and bags of old clothes, old toys that had accumulated over the pandemic. So on a weekend day, Stuart and Pete and I loaded everything up in the car and Stuart was actually okay giving these things away because he sees people giving away things on our street, you know, people leave out toys and books on the curb and we take them and we always emphasize where we've gotten them. Someone was, you know, outgrew them and they gave them to us. So then we talk about how we pass on our old toys and clothes to people so they can enjoy it and we can get some new things. So he was actually excited to help hand it over, load up the cart at the Goodwill. Um, So we got involved and he felt good and we felt good. And now there's definitely less clutter in the house. So that would be my super mom moment. It feels so good to Purge things. <laughs> and I love how you got Stuart involved and really, you know, letting him get a sense of where things come from and that, and that, you know, benefit of not only receiving from other people, but giving to other people as well. That's right. so great. Well, thanks, Tony. And I know you're doing an amazing job, um, but can you think of a mama mess up? Oh, yeah. I, that's always easy for me, Lisa. Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, I mentioned, I think in a previous episode, we got a a chance to go visit grandma and it was wonderful. It was, you know, during, um, a bit of a heat wave, we've, we've had pretty, uh, a pretty hot summer, um, out here in, in the West. And, uh, when I came back, when we came back, I forgot to put Frankie sunscreen, um, back in her backpack after that visit. And so one day we went out doing some errands and wanted to stop at a park. And, you know, by the time we were out, it was, you know, um, around noon, the, the UV really, you know, climbs around noon, one o'clock, it was getting hot. And so I went into our backpack, I couldn't find the sunscreen. And then I also realized I had brought her water bottle, but I didn't even refill the water bottle with water before leaving the house. So that was a big um, mama mess up, mama fail. So we, you know, we spent a few minutes at the, part the playground, but I, I kept trying to wrangle her and get her to sit under the shade or play under the shade. And uh, anyway, and it was, it was tough to get her away from the playground and, and back home to, to get the sunscreen and water. Oh, I've done that too. So, you know, she got a little extra vitamin D. Um, Yeah, we've all been there. You're still doing an amazing job, Tony. Thanks. I was like really 
aware of the color of her skin because again she's pretty fair so I was like really watching to make sure okay it's not turning pink we're not I'm not doing any extra damage (laughs) uh you know what can you do what can you do that's right um (laughs) and then what's your mama must have Tony what are you loving well, again, you know, uh, definitely one of my mama must haves that I've shared before is is the Epsom gel, which is so awesome. And I use on a pro, pretty much a daily basis. But especially lately, um, being out in the West, we've had to deal with a lot of the wildfire smoke um, from British Columbia, from northern Alberta. So it's been pretty intense in the city and it's been um, pretty gross and, and irritating. So definitely my mama must have for this week is a neti pot using my neti pot with a saline solution and adding in a little bit of xylitol as well can really help to flush out um, the sinuses, um, really decrease the extra kind of irritation and allergenic potential from that extra smoke and debris that's in the air. It sounds like a great solution. Yeah, it sounds really challenging with the heat, with the smoke. So <laughs> I feel for you. Oh, thanks. I know it's been one of those things, especially like we talked about before, we don't have air conditioning in um, and a lot of homes don't have air conditioning in in Calgary. So having to like manage, like opening the windows, closing the windows, like really, you know, trying to protect that air quality is, is yeah, been interesting lately. (laughs) Oh, geez. (laughs) Now, how about your mama must have Lisa? Yeah, I'm loving the uh, Joyous Health Hella Hydrating Serum. So after I had Joy McCarthy, on the podcast, we were talking about rosacea. She recommended this serum and she sent me a sample and I'm putting it on every night after I wash my face. And I feel like my skin looks more smooth, more hydrated. So I'm loving it. So it has rosehip oil and hyaluronic acid. So I'm definitely going to order more when I run out. And then my favorite chocolate would be either the Zazu bean 80%. It's sweetened with coconut sugar or the Giddy Yo-Yo brand, which is raw and really awesome. So those would be my mama must haves. Oh, I love those brands of chocolate. And <laughs> I absolutely have to get my hands on the Hella Hydrating Serum. For it's sure. amazing. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. So nice. I can't highly, I can't recommend it enough. And then Tony, awesome. what do you have going on right now outside of practice? Oh, I've definitely been loving um, online hypnobirthing classes with expecting parents. Um, It's been fantastic. Have, uh, you know, a a small group that I'm going through um, all about, you know, really trusting their instincts and and their body during labor and birth to have a more comfortable, easy, smooth birth. So my next info session is on August 31st. So you can join me by going to hypnobirthingcalgary.com slash register. We'll, We'll put that link in the show notes. How about you, Lisa? Yeah, I'm enjoying, really enjoying my wild collective groups that I have. I I wrapped up one group and the next group is, or the second group I launched is continuing on until December, but I'm opening up enrollment for the fall 2021 group. Um, So you can get on the wait list at wildcollectivetoronto.com. More and more naturopathic doctors are offering this in their clinic. So it's just taking off. It's spreading like wildfire across North America. So spots are limited. So get on my wait list so you can hear all about this transformative program. Awesome. So thanks for joining us, everyone. And again, you can find all the links that we talked about, um, especially for our past episodes on our website, perimenopausalmamas.com. 
gmail.com. You can email us, connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love for you to subscribe, leave us a review and a five-star rating, especially if you enjoyed this episode. It really does allow for other perimenopausal mamas to connect and to uh, gain some of this information that we're providing. So stay safe and healthy, everybody. Until next week. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.